I good? I'm good. There we go. All right. First off, just want to announce um, after communion, after service today, we do have a youth lunch fundraiser. Uh, this is all the proceeds of this are going to uh, the youth going to camp again this summer. Last year we had a phenomenal time with youth at camp. I think we had 17 between junior youth and senior youth in camp, and um, multiple salvations, which was amazing. And so we're going to, to Camp Bob at Roberts Lake again. Um, many of the students are going as CLTs, which is three weeks of very intense. It's 24-7. Um, it's very much discipleship training school. And so it's leadership training, just full immersion. And this is like life transforming. And that is coming up in the summer. And then there's youth camp, which is a week long. And then we have junior youth. They have a camp. And um, anyways, this stuff changes lives. Same with... Uh, what's happening with young life. When they go to camp, this is, this is life transforming. And for a lot of the youth, they've never been. We have a lot of repeat youth going this year, but again, even last week we had five new youth coming out and um, multiple youth again getting saved and of the five, like three want to go to camp already after the first day here. So I'd encourage everybody just to stick around. It's going to be good. It's a spaghetti dinner, so it's always fun. Um, I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, would you wash over this place? God, like waterfalls, just cascading down off the top area here, Lord, just pooling in the sanctuary. Just allow your Spirit just to flood this place, just wash over us, cascading down from the upstairs over the balcony down into the, the sanctuary and out the doors, Lord, through the buildings and out into the street. Would you bring transformation? Would you bring a a revelation of who you are, Jesus. Your supremacy. Who you are. In Jesus' name. All right, I'm going to read the, the passage of Scripture again that we're going to play um, like a three-minute clip and then I'm going to speak and then I'm going to play another five-minute clip. And what you're going to hear is um, some snippets of old sermons from Paris Reedhead and um, who else? Let me give you the names here. Uh, Tozer, Leonard Ravenhill, um, Ian Paisley, Campbell. So, Christ, this is the NLT version, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can, excuse me, yeah, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and the authorities in the heaven, and the, excuse me, in the unseen world. I keep confusing this with the NIV version. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And I'll stop there. Alright, can we play that first clip? It's on the Google Chrome. 
turn it up really loud. Stop there. Thank you. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but that messes me up. It's so easy. This is not in my notes. It's so easy to slip into a doctrine or a Christianity that's about me or about us, but it's not. It's not It's not about us. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. A number of weeks ago, or I guess once when I came up here and I had a big casket, I don't know if you guys remember the big casket standing up here. <coughs> for coughing. I still have that lung infection. And I spoke about a dream that I had. And in this dream, that terrified me. I woke up and I was just a mess. In this dream, I was getting married to Jesus. It was, it was the wedding supper of the Lamb. But it was personal. It was just me and him. And I remember standing up there and there was an open grave in front of me. And there was the cloud of witnesses in front of me. And Jesus was standing beside me. And the wedding consisted of me. I wasn't forced into it. I, I had to choose it. Climbing into an open grave, climbing into a casket, and up here I actually climbed into the casket and they closed the lid. 
And they climbed into the casket and they closed the lid and they buried me. They put dirt on the grave. And I I had to die to be alive to him. In my dream, I had to die to my flesh, die to all my desires, my wants, the things that contend for his holiness, for his his supremacy. And when I was dead, they opened it and I got out. And that was my wedding to the Lamb of God. Sorry. This is just dear to me. This is like, this is all I want for my life. It's all about him. It has to be. In the dream, it was, it was a process of dying to my flesh, my desires, my life, my hopes, my dreams. So I could raise again, be raised again. A new creation for him, in him, and with him. Colossians 1.17 He is before all things and all things. In him, all things are held together. He is the very fabric of eternity. Do we recognize that? He is the very fabric of eternity. He holds everything together. This isn't isn't a heavy word. This is not a condemning word. He's absolutely crazy about each one of you. He's crazy about me. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. But it's about him. It's about he is worthy. A number of weeks ago, I guess two, three weeks ago now, I stood up here and I quoted, um, actually it was a part of this video, the, the Moravians cry, I don't know if you remember that, where these guys were, they actually sold themselves into slavery so they could be missionaries, be Christ to an entire island, island, excuse me, island full of, of people who've been shipped in from Africa who were slaves, never to hear the gospel, never to know. And these two young guys, 19, 20, 18, whatever, they actually sold themselves into slavery so they could go, not as a short-term missions, but to die there with the express purpose of being Christ to people who would never hear. And as they left the pier, the last thing one of them said, which actually became the Moravians' motto for missions, was, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. That is why we are here. That is what this is about. It has to be why we are here. It has to be what this is about. If this is just another club, then we're here for the wrong reasons and something has to flip inside of our hearts and inside of our spirits. Because until we come to a place where we're willing to die wholly, fully, completely surrender to everything, to our agendas, to from the smallest thing to the most extreme thing. We're going to be missing the prime purpose. Does that make sense? Okay. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs>
we gather. The sermon title, when I was asked for a sermon title, was Why We Do What We Do. And honestly, I'd, like, I'd, I'd change it and just say it's heart's cry, my heart's cry, or our heart's cry. It has to be our heart's cry. That Christianity, that our walk with, not, uh, with God is not... humanistic is God an end or a means Christianity is not a confession it's a yielded life it has to be a yielded life 100% fully in I keep referring to past sermons because I've spoken about this. has been kind of, if you, if you go through all my messages, this has been woven throughout all of them. Half a year ago, eight months ago, we had a thing up here with two pieces of tape. I'm not sure who it was. Some lucky person got to come up and try to walk two paths at one time and by the time they got to about here, they were almost in the splits. And that's our lives. We try to walk two paths at one time ourselves, you know, our own heart, hearts and desires. There's nothing wrong with having desire. God gives these desires of your heart. But it all has to be held with open hands. It all has to go through Him. It all has to be laid at His feet. We can have good desires. We can have phenomenal desires. Beautiful, inspirational, world-changing desires that are good. But if they don't go through Him, they very quickly, very easily become idols. And we lose our focus. And there has to be a course correction. Um, Lauren Cunningham. Now you guys know who Lauren Cunningham is? Founder of YWAM. Uh, in his, his book that you're actually required to, to read to do a DTS, he speaks about um, the very first mercy ship that they had And um, they were all excited about this mercy ship. And it became, the vision was phenomenal. They're going out, they're traveling the world, and they're going to these ports and, and to the nations, and they're changing lives. They're bringing medical care, the gospel. This was the goal behind it. This is a phenomenal vision, a phenomenal goal. But what ended up happening was they ended up not getting their first ship. It fell through. And he was completely distraught and he's dismayed and he's like what's going on and I, I can't remember exactly this was like 20 years ago I read the book um, the gist of it Michael paraphrased version is the spirit spoke to him Holy Spirit spoke to him and said this has become an idol you need to lay it down unless the seed dies it cannot produce fruit and so this is an amazing goal it's an amazing plan that he has is phenomenal. It's changing the nations. But the focus became an idol. And so they had to come to a place where they said, if it doesn't happen, that's okay. God, we're giving it up. It's like Abraham and Isaac. They had to be willing to give it up. And when they were willing to let go, when they were willing to give it up, 
And it was no longer distraction. And Jesus was the prime focus. Then he restored it back to them. A multitude. They have multiple, multiple, I don't know how many mercy ships they have now going around. And, and it's, it's impacting nations. It's changing lives. It's phenomenal. But first that seed had to die so it can live. You guys track with me? Yeah? Okay. I want to quote uh, Leonard Ravenhill. I pray you die today. Die to self. Die to self. That's my prayer for myself. That I die daily. And honestly, I don't. I struggle with it. I don't. Some days I'm like, it's all about me. I just want to do my thing. This is just too much work. It's too heavy. It's too hard. And the spirit of conviction comes. And then I'm in repentance. And I go through this cycle. God, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It has to be about you. My dreams, my hopes, my desires, everything that I am, everything that I hold dear, my family, my children, my wife, my marriage, my everything. It has to be held with open hands. It has to be seed that dies so he can get a hold of it and transform it. And I always come back around to me. I have my little fits and my little moments. But beloved, it has to be him. It has to be him. It's a really simple message. There's nothing complicated about this. There's this doctrine that floats around. It's not, I don't see it being preached intentionally. It's, it's never intentional. But it's the nature of humanism. And it's It's global. It's not just, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's in our own lives. And that is salvation is for the happiest of men. It's not. And it sucks, but it's true. <laughs> it's not. It's about him. That's the prime product. The byproduct of his goodness, of his mercy, of his supremacy as we get to spend eternity with him as a pure and spotless bride, as his beloved, who he's exceedingly jealous for and desires so bad. Think of this. He has waited an eternity an uncreated being, an uncreated God has waited an eternity to have a relationship with you. And he will continue to wait till the end of days so he can be united with a pure and spotless bride, undefiled. What kind of patience is that? What kind of love is that? Just think about this, that he would wait an eternity 
for the day that you are born, the day that he knits you together in your mother's womb, and for the day that you, as it were, walk down the aisle to say yes to him. Not to give your hearts, but to give your lives to him. And then waits another, I mean, it's a blink of an eye to him, I'm sure, but 50, 60, 80, 100 years to be united with us as a pure and spotless bride. The privilege we have to know him, to be enthralled with him, to sit at his feet. Now is the only time, I know I've said this before, in existence. But Lord, we get to choose without seeing, without seeing, we get to choose to follow him. holding nothing back. We have a choice. We can choose to hold back. Like the children of Israel where God says, come up to the mountain and they're like, forget it. You're scary. You're going to destroy us. Moses, you go. And he'll talk to you and you come back and talk to us. We have a choice to lay aside every distraction. To lay aside every ungodliness and to run. Or we can be like the children of Israel who stand back from afar and say, this is enough for me. I'm content just to sit here. Am I saved? Yeah, I'm saved. Do I still love the Lord? Absolutely. Does He love me? Absolutely. But beloved, there's so much more. Oh, there's so much more. much more. I gotta watch my time. I don't even know how long I've been speaking. Um, I have down here Matthew 10. I'm just going to go to Matthew 10 really quickly. <laughs> this is the hard word. Matthew 10, 37 through 39. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their lives for my sake will find it. I love the body. I love community. But Jesus never preached community at all costs. Beloved, our family, 
And I'm not against family. I love my family. I would die in a heartbeat for my family. But our sons or daughters or mothers or fathers or community, even the body can become a distraction and an idol. It's beautiful. And it represents Him. We are meant to represent Him. We are meant to look like Him, to sound like Him, to act like Him. To have a fragrance like Him that when we walk into the streets, when we walk into stores, when we walk into schools, when we walk into our jobs, there's a fragrance, a beautiful fragrance that goes with us, which is the presence of God and the Spirit of God. And people look at you and go, wow, what is with you? You're glowing. There's something so different about you. And it's Him. It's not us. It's never us. It's Him. gather for us. We gather for him. Quote Bill Johnson, you always reflect the nature of the world you are most aware of. That's a painful word. If I'm at work and I'm having an attitude... I'm easily offended. I'm bitter and angry, resentful, whatever it is. So what am I walking in? What kingdom am I waiting in in that moment? I always reflect the kingdom I am most aware of. The end of all being is the glory of God. And man's happiness, our happiness is a byproduct, not a prime product. Beloved, these are hard things to hear. Maybe for some of us, joyful things for others to hear. But when we stand before an all-powerful God, there's only one who's worthy to unravel the scrolls, to open the scrolls. Only one. We stand before him at the end of the age and we give account for every careless word we've spoken, for every action. Every time we mock the Spirit of God, oh Lord, that's, that freaks me out. That scares me. When we put words in God's mouth, when we mock the power and the presence of God, or something's not happening and we belittle it because it's not happening, one day we give account. It's terrifying for me. Yes, he's my dad. Yes, he, in Zephaniah, it says that he, he delights over his children, that he sings over you while you're sleeping. And the actual, the actual interpretation is that he spins wildly. He's dancing over you. It's like when my kids, you know, I, I still go in when they're sleeping. Every, well, most nights I try to go in. I just watch them. I look at them and I praise God for them. I lay my hands on them and I pray over them. Like in my heart, I am delighted. I can dance. I'm so ecstatic. When they were little, I used to. I'd be like sitting there and I'd be like, God, thank you for this beautiful creation. Thank you for these sons and daughters of you. He spins wildly. He dances. He rejoices over us. But he is a fearful God. And we give account. Lord, put a holy dissatisfaction in me today. 
This needs to be our prayer. Spirit of God, put a holy dissatisfaction in me today that I would know you, that my heart would break with the things that break your heart, that I would live solely for you. Jesus did only what he saw the Father do, and he spoke only what he was told to speak. He went nowhere without laying it before the Father's feet first. That doesn't mean I can't go to a restaurant and have a meal without going, Lord, should I go to the restaurant today? Lord, should I brush my teeth today? Yes, brush your teeth, go to restaurants, have fun. I'm not talking about that. But we walk in a position, we walk in a continual place of humility and brokenness before God where everything is laid bare. Are you guys tracking with me at all? Sort of? A couple of nods? Very quiet? Okay. And I want to write this on my wall when we get a new wall, (laughs) when we get a new place. My only reason for being is the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And it's not condemnation. It's not down on myself. It doesn't make me less of a person. It's the opposite. When I am weak, then he is strong. When I die, to live is Christ, to die is gain. When I am dead to myself, he is fully alive. And whether the signs and wonders following or not, we can walk in the fullness of him and people's lives will be changed. And we will represent him to the nations. I'm going to repeat myself. Anything you love or put before Jesus is an idol. Anything you love more or put before him is an idol. To be part of the bride. I need to be devoid or divorced, excuse me, from everything else in the world. And again, it doesn't mean I can't sit and watch a movie. We took the kids out to a show the other night. It was a lot of fun. We go and watch these Marvel superhero movies. They're fun. Looking forward to Infinity War. All the kids want to go. They're going to bring their friends. It's a good time. I don't need to sit and do three hours of intercession and prayer before I go see Infinity War. It's okay. (laughs) But in my heart, I have to be divorced from compromise. I have to be divorced from the things of the world. They do not love their lives even unto death. I'm going to close with this because we got a. Actually, I got one more short clip we're going to play. Yeah, and then we'll. John's. Thank you, John. You can do. He's going to do communion. Something you can ponder. Are the things that we're living for worth Christ dying for? I'll say it again. Are the things that we are living for worth Christ dying for? Again, I'm going to repeat myself. I've said this many times. 
There are two kinds of people in the world. This is Ravenhill. I'm quoting Leonard Ravenhill right now. Two kinds of people in the world. Those who are dead to sin and those who are dead in sin. Which are you? Which am I? I have got to wage war on my flesh. I have got to wage war on everything and anything that contends or raise its head to take, it, to take the place of, of the supremacy of Christ in my life, in my family's lives. Now is the only time in history in my life where I can actually choose to walk in fullness. One day, we stand before an all-powerful God. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In that moment, you don't have an option. Every demon, every king, every prince, every pauper will bow. Because when we see him face to face, you don't have a choice. You can't stand there in all your arrogance and like, I'm not bowing. You don't have a choice. You're going to bow. You're on your face. You want to disappear. But now, beloved, right now, in this moment, we have a choice where we can actually choose to step into the grave and say, God, everything I am, it's yours. Kill me. Take it. All my desires, all my hopes, all, everything. They might be good. That's great that they're good, but give them to God because he'll make them better. Now is the only time in history without seeing him where we can choose to worship him unabandoned completely uninhibited, without fear, and reckless abandon, just to throw ourselves at his feet and say, Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. Okay, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Christ is the, the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before any... He existed before anything was created. He's supreme over all creation. Through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms, on earth, under the earth. He made the things we can see, the things we can't. He made the thrones, the kingdoms, the rulers, the authorities, the unseen world, the principalities, and the powers. Everything was created through him and for him. Our lives were created for him. It's a hard word, but they want it for us. It's for him. It's for him. He exists before anything else. He holds all creation together. He's the head of the church, which is the body. He is the, be the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. He is the first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Do you want to play this last part, please?
do it again. You can stop there. You can stop it. All right, that's a hard way to close, but beloved, this is not meant to be a hard word. This is truth. It's about him, not about us. It has to be the reason why we sit in these chairs, why we come every Sunday morning, why we come on Thursday nights for soaking prayer, while we meet in our homes, while we have Bible studies, while we have intercession. It has to be the primary reason. We have to come back to this whole, this place of just complete surrender in every area. He loves you. He loves us. He gave his life. He endured hell. So we could give our wholeness, we could give our fullness and hold nothing back. I got some good news, beloved. We don't have to wait until eternity to walk in the fullness. It's today, it's right now in this moment. You can step into heaven at any moment. You can absolutely walk in eternity. You can absolutely walk in the kingdom right now. It's open. We're currently seated in heavenly places if we choose to access it. I don't have gone over. Apologies. I was going to do an altar call, but I'm not going to because we're going to do communion. And so that will be the altar call. Beloved, whatever it is, even if it's good, even if it's true, we need to lay it down. It doesn't mean it stays dead. It means that we're fully submitted and wholeheartedly surrendered to Him. And he's a good dad. He's a beautiful dad. He's a phenomenal dad. And so often He restores what is good. And He says, Thank you for honoring me. Thank you for giving this to me. I'm going to give it back to you. And I'm going to give it to you tenfold 30, 60, 100 times as much. Because I love you. You're not broken. We're not broken. We're not people laying on the side of the road crying out for help. It finished at the cross. It's done. When we come to Christ, we are new creations. Full access. Everybody in this room has full access. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Jesus that you are all, all 
things out of it being in you, all things hold together in you. And you are pleased to share that with us. You are pleased. And you delight in your children. And all you ask is that we obey your commands and that we follow you in your commands and that we love one another and we love you with reckless abandon that we hold nothing back. So Holy Spirit, whatever is being held back today in my life and everyone's lives here, God, would you put something inside of our spirits? Would you put a burning and a fire inside of us, God? That we would not sleep, that we would not eat, that we wouldn't be able to function until we are right with you, holding nothing back, wholly surrendered, laying on our faces in the dirt before you, God, because you're worthy, Jesus. You're beautiful. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen.